0: Hey everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed, and this is Fic Click.
1: This is a podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Usually for an episode, the three of us will each individually pick a fic to talk about. Um, this episode, we are doing something different. This is the beginning of our fandom classics series. Can I get some hype horns? Beep, beep, beep woo! Woo! So um, before we get into our fandom classics series, I'll tell you what fic we're discussing. Um, this is a bit of a long title, so just bear with me. <laughs> to kick off our series, we're going to be discussing United States v. Barnes, 617 f sub 2d 143 parentheses ddc 2015 uh-huh. <laughs> uh more commonly known to fandom as united states v barnes and the authors are falling voices and radial arch brenna do you want to explain a little bit about what we're doing here with the fandom classic series yes so we decided to
2: uh basically start a series these will probably be put up periodically they're not all going to come out all at once um about fics that we have been considering quote fandom classics this is sort of a nebulous term there aren't necessarily specific criteria that a fic has to meet to be included here um it's not like a specific number of kudos or comments or something like that it's more just about um fandom's reaction to the fic uh oftentimes oftentimes a fix staying power um how popular it's remained through the years fix that really get sort of still held up or pointed to as maybe great examples of a particular pairing or a particular trope within fandom um these are often also fix that we didn't necessarily want to include in a standard episode either because of their length or simply because of how much we had to say about them (laughs) they're fix that we want to take a deeper dive into and we didn't want to just include uh in a regular length episode where we try and either stay too shorter fix Um, or curb our discussion to a reasonable length for you listeners (laughs) (laughs) to sit through. Um, This fic today is not one of the longer ones. It's only about 20k, but we had a lot to say about it. Um, To kick off the series, we... Uh, picked four fix actually as contenders that we all thought uh, were good examples of what sort of fandom classics are, um, what that term gets used to refer to within fandom. Um, we ran a poll on Twitter. This was the winner, so this is what we're starting off as. Um, the other ones will be up for discussion in the future, and we're also asking for submissions from listeners about what fix they think uh, fit into this category, what they like to hear us talk about, particularly from fandoms maybe that we weren't in, fix that we missed in our own fandom experience um, yeah i'm excited to be kicking this off i think this is an amazing fic i'm i'm super excited to talk about it and i think they've got some other great ones lined up for later on as well
0: yeah so united states v barnes is a fic for the marvel cinematic universe um, but more specifically the captain america movies and even more specifically it takes place immediately after the events of captain america the winter soldier Uh, It is a Steve Bucky fic, so all the Stucky fans in the house can get stoked. Uh, We talk about Stoney a lot on this pod, but we are equal opportunity for Steve. I just want to make that very clear. (laughs) (laughs) Steve enthusiasts. (laughs) Yeah, we love Steve. At the time of recording, this fic has 1,479 comments, 18,221 kudos, 8,123 bookmarks, and 325,058 hits on archiveofourown.org. You reading
1: 325,000 hits, like, (laughs) gives me anxiety? It's a lot of hits. It's
2: been seen, you could say. One thing I noticed uh, when I was looking back at it today that I thought was interesting is sometimes when we all three read Fix for uh, FitClick, I'll notice at the bottom that all three of our AO3 usernames are in a line in the Kudos. And I thought it was interesting that uh, I noticed both some other ficlets handles in there and that there are people in between us. Like, this is still getting read by yeah, new people wow. who haven't left Kudos pretty regularly. And there's comments from, like, August 2020 in the comments, even though this was published in 2015, Wow. It was actually published in
0: 2014. Oh, I see. Looking my bad. At it. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I wasn't looking at it. I I'm looking it at a bassiny. <laughs> 2014. Um, so this fic is a mixed media fic, multimedia fic, media fic, uh, social media fic. There's so many different ways that you could describe it, depending on your uh, preferred term. I think we will mostly be calling it a multimedia fic um, from just speaking to the both of you. Um, it's tagged mediafic, courtroom drama, mentions of torture, mentions of Natasha slash Sam, and social media. And it is essentially a collection of pieces of media, uh, from tweets to news articles to transcripts from within the courtroom to transcripts of reporters speaking, all surrounding the very specific court case that Reed so beautifully read for us in the introduction, um, so it really does present a very specific, um, I would say, semi-balanced perspective on the events of exactly what do go down in the case of United States V. Barnes.
1: Before we get into our discussion, um, we just wanted to uh, give you guys some content warnings for this fic and for some things we might be talking about. This fic is pretty typical to canon, so there are um, discussions of murder and violence, um, in terms of, like, Bucky's history. There's also descriptions of torture, um, so if you're sensitive to that, just please keep that in mind going into this fic and the subsequent discussion.
0: Yeah, so we before we get into our own thoughts, opinions, feelings, we do have some comments from our ficlets. Um, oh, also, FYI, everyone, we are sponsored for this episode, which we're super excited about. So stay tuned, and you'll hear a little bit more about our sponsor. But before we do that, let's talk about our ficlet comments.
1: So this first comment comes from ficlet M. Thank you M for submitting this. Um, I'm just going to pull a couple of the things that she said. One of the things I find most interesting about this fic is that it uses several outside perspectives to tell the story. The pieces we get from Steve's POV are brief, texts, and then his testimony, which we only get in transcript. We don't get any of Steve's thoughts as the trial happens, but we also don't need them, because the storytelling through dialogue is so strong. It's such a unique way to tell a story. This absolutely isn't the first multimedia fic out there, but it tells the story so well without ever falling back on the third-person limited prose that's so incredibly prevalent in fic.
0: This next one comes from Soph. Thank you, Soph, for submitting. Not sure if multimedia is the right word for how the fic is structured with the tweets, articles, transcripts, etc., but let's go with that. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think stories like this work well for the MCU, where a lot of characters are public figures. So there's lots of opportunity to incorporate other media and Stephen Bucky being historical figures adds another layer on top of that. How histories are made, recorded, uncovered, presented. Also, I loved the courtroom drama romance of it all. Yes, let's have the court transcript describe Steve as, bracket, distressed, end bracket, and bracket, pale, end bracket. Jump the gate, Steve! Take it up with the judge!
2: All right, this comment comes from Ange. Thank you, Ange. Uh, They wrote, to me, USB Barnes is like the gold standard for mixed media fics. It's been years since I first read it, and I think about it constantly. As a writer, I could only dream of achieving what this fic does without using a traditional prose-slash-narrative style. On a more personal note, when I met my IRL best friend five years ago, one of the first things we bonded over was fic, and this fic in particular is the one we talked about very early in our friendship, so it's very special to me for that reason. (laughs) That's Which so Which I cute. just loved. Yes, making friends over fic. You love to see it. Oh, I can't really. <laughs> I have never
1: once discussed fic out loud with a friend. With my
0: friends? No way. No. no. Only with
1: my enemies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the last comment comes from Anonymous. Um, succinct really <laughs> gets to the point. And they said, quote, I hate Bucky Barnes, but I loved this fic. Which is the best possible endorsement I think I can give it. (laughs) (laughs) Just
0: excellent. It's powerful. It really is. Thank you, Ficklets, for submitting. Uh, Just a reminder, for future Fandom Classics episodes, we will be tweeting, so if you have comments burning for future fics that we do, please submit them and we might read them on the pod. Um, Yeah, so I think now it's just about time for us to get into our own discussion. Um, Brenna, what did you think of this fic? Yes,
2: so I had read this fic first, I think, right around the time it was posted. Um, I don't remember exactly, but I know it was somewhere in there. Um, I remember this sort of, like, blowing up on my <laughs> timelines, like, my both my Tumblr dash and my Twitter timeline. Um, I wasn't, like, deep in MCU fandom or anything at this time, but it was definitely present on my timelines. Um, my friends were into it. Winter Soldier, I think, kind of was a film that blew up in fandom anyway and converted a lot of outside fans over to MCU. Um, In my opinion, it remains one of MCU's best films. Um, It slaps. (laughs) (laughs) That's not relevant for this. (laughs) But you're right. (laughs) So I think there was a big influx of people over to MCU fandom uh, right around the time Winter Soldier came out. Uh, It definitely was a big sort of catalyst, I think, for a lot of the uh, Steve Bucky fics on AO3 around this time. A lot of them are Winter Soldier centric, either set sort of during or after the events of the movie. Um, I think it also sort of like the movie and, and the subsequent fic sort of helped push the Steve Bucky pairing um, up as high as it is in fandom these days. Yeah, so I read this fic right around the time it was posted. I really enjoyed it then. I've read it multiple times uh, since then. Um, It had been a couple years since I read it last, but when we started talking about fandom classics, I knew I really wanted to talk about this fic. It was one that I had thought about bringing for an individual episode, but to be honest, there was so much I wanted to talk about with it that I kept hesitating, because sometimes we really have to cut ourselves down and sort of put the reins on what what we talk about, because... We could make like five hour long episodes and no one wants to listen to that. (laughs) Except for maybe us. Except for us. Just in the moment of being able to be like, wait, 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 one more thing. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I was excited to sort of bring this as one of our potential options. Um it was a pretty like close race Mm -hmm. on our Twitter poll as to like what the first fic we were gonna discuss was. It was a three way tie for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, so uh, United States v. Barnes ended up pulling ahead and I was really excited to sort of kick it off with this fic. Um, Yeah, like I said, I've loved this for a long time. It definitely uh, is one of the first things I think of when I think of multimedia fic and has definitely sort of influenced the way I look at pretty much all other multimedia fic I've read since this. Um, But I think it was the first time both of you had read this. Am I correct Uh in that? Yep. Yes.
1: Yeah, um, despite spending simply so many years in mcu fandom um i had not read this fic i like had read a number of steve bucky fics bren like you said right after winter soldier there was really an influx of them and content for that pairing which i think makes a lot of sense um so i was also really excited to get to read this fic it was so phenomenally well done in so many ways um i know that all of us have like a lot to say about the multimedia nature of this fic and, like, how it is structured. Just on a basic level, there was part of me that was like, oh, oh god, how long did it take these authors to format this? Because, like, AO3 offers a lot of flexibility with its formatting, but, like, it also takes a lot of work to get anything, like, apart from sort of a standard fic. Um, so I was very impressed by that. Like, The links all look clickable, and in fact, I wanted to click them, despite knowing that they weren't real. I was like, oh, but what would the rest of this article have said? Um, The writing was really, really well done. I think they covered a variety of tones, like sort of the more clinical transcript from a courtroom, um, versus a variety of different types of tweets. Um, It was just, like, delightful to read, and... um, Also, I just think it was, like, a different narrative almost than what I've seen in a lot of Steve Bucky fics. Like, I have not read, I think, any other fics that really specifically deal with Bucky being on trial for um, what he had done as the Winter Soldier. And so that was also just really fun, like, the whole concept of this fic. So I really liked it. Um, Yeah, we have a lot to say about it. I'm excited to get into it. But Nick,
0: what about you? Yeah. Wow, yes. I really am loving this series already because you know the fic is going to be good because a lot of people vouched for it but I feel like as a as someone who is historically engaged in fandom mostly by writing I get very deep into one fandom and I stay very focused and I don't tend to read very much outside of that fandom and I think for me a lot of that specifically is because I'm constantly trying to like hone my own understanding of characters and like see what the trends are and like who's writing what and like what authors can I camp out in their comments until they become my friend um so Marvel was never a fandom that I was in I've said this before um I knew this fic was good I had heard of it I was never in Marvel fandom some of my friends were but I never like had a Marvel blog or whatever. So the fact that it got to me, I think is pretty impressive, though I think some of that is being friends with Brenna, but still <laughs> on, on its own merits, impressive. Um, so it was a really great time to be able to, to pop in and be like, ah, this thick I've heard so much about that I think I'm going to enjoy. And then I enjoyed it thoroughly. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> what a coincidence. Um, no, I had a great time. I, I have seen almost every Marvel movie. I am, um, in many ways, a casual fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, despite my not being a casual fan of many other things. <laughs> um, so, like, I've seen Winter Soldier, I saw it in theaters, really enjoyed it. A little bit too much fighting for my tastes, but I still liked it. I think there's only so many times you can watch someone get punched, but personal preferences aside, um, they're canonically in love in the film. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> it's just factual, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was really cool to see, like, a fic that in some ways was grounded in realism and in some ways is so grounded in, like, this fantasy of what it could look like if the the love and the bond that we saw in the movie was taken to its romantic extreme of, like, literally Steve hopping over the little, I don't know, the, the divider thing and, like, kissing Bucky in the courtroom while the judge is like, decorum, and he's like, no!
1: <laughs> For some reason I thought you were going to say, um... When you were like, if this fic was taken to the romantic extreme, mm. I thought you were going to say, if the directors hadn't been cowards? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, too. that too. That's
0: implied always, I think. Yeah, yeah. fair. Everybody already knows that. <laughs> I don't have to say it out loud. Oh, no, it's, it's so well done. It's so well executed. I feel like you don't have to be this, like... Diehard super fan who knows all the facts to enjoy this fic. I did have to, I did do a tiny bit of research. I did go back and look up a couple of things because I was like, what's happening here? But for the most part, I followed it pretty easily. So that was nice too. I enjoyed it and I was like, ah, yes, I understand why this has over 18,000 <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's ambitious and it's also so different from anything I've seen. Yeah, I think, like, sort of to kick off
2: our more in depth discussion, I want to talk a little bit about like, what I think made this fic so popular. Um, and I think we got at it a little bit with some of our comments from ficlets, even what we sort of first noticed about this fic. Um, but I thought that'd be an interesting way to sort of uh, begin our, like, deep dive into into this work. Um, I was trying to think back on it. And I, I mean, I think sometimes a fic becoming this popular, this sort of well-regarded, is a is chance on some aspect um it's about like the right fic at the right time in the right fandom for the right pairing you sort of have to have that like conflux of elements where there's like the the fans are really tuned into what's being posted uh for a particular um pairing or fandom sometimes who you are as an author also Uh, can help in that regard. (laughs) People who are somewhat well-known in fandom or at least have people sort of following their works, sometimes that can sort of help boost you up. But other times it's someone who comes out of nowhere. Like, uh, they've never posted before and then they blow up with a fic. Um, But for this one, I think one thing that really stuck out to me about it is I think fandom in general loves a trope or a style really well done. Um, We obviously all love tropes in general and kind of... uh, styles that are also tropes like i think multimedia fic is something where it's like that is the style of it but it also i think has elements of what we could call trope um and i think that's absolutely what this fic is i think one of the reasons it became so popular is because in a, in any conversation about multimedia fic in fandom i think united states v barnes gets brought up um i think this fic sort of quickly rose up to become what a lot of people point to as, like, the standard for, uh, like, well-done multimedia style fic. Um, I think also, like, the content of the fic, it's sort of about this sensationalized trial. We're watching this sensationalism as it plays out for, uh, Bucky and also Steve. And I think Some of that sort of transfers over into fandom's response about it. Like, I was thinking a lot about how if you were in this universe, like, if if I was a person within MCU who's not a superhero, I'm still just me. um, Even if I didn't really care about Steve Rogers or Captain America, I think you'd still be watching this case pretty closely. It would be on all your timelines. It would be in the news. You couldn't really avoid it. And I think some of the response within fandom is similar. Um, like, I think I think it got sensationalized a little bit. Like, even if you aren't in MCU, even if you didn't ship Stucky, there's something about it that I think is very intriguing. Um, and I think that comes from the style, the content, how accessible it is, even if you aren't that into a ship. And honestly, even though it's quite a romantic ship, and even though I think technically you could consider it like a getting together fic it doesn't follow the typical, like, relationship arc of a getting-together fic. I think that also helps sort of broaden its appeal to people who maybe this wasn't their sort of, like, quote-unquote OTP in the moment.
1: Bren, it's interesting to me that you were saying that this is, like, sort of considered the standard for multimedia fic, because that totally makes sense. Um, But one of the things that I really enjoyed is that it had, like, media that I had not really encountered before. Um, Like, I think... For most, if not all, of the multimedia fics that I've read, um, including ones I've brought to the pod, like, Twitter is always there. Like, you always see some sort of fandom-ish, like, fandom-adjacent tweets going on, um, I've seen articles, uh, but specifically in this one, a court transcript, um, and bits from, like, news anchors talking to one another, um... And, like, a variety of different articles, like, interviews, so you get an interview with, like, Peggy Carter, um, and then you get an interview with, like, a random historian, um, it felt like it branched out in a way that I hadn't seen before, or at the very least, like, yeah, a court transcript is not something I'd ever read, or just a transcript in general, so that was really interesting to me, like, what types of media the authors chose to bring in, um, how much they chose to balance it, like, The tweets are infrequent, but they're enough that I think you get a good sense, like you said, of like, what it would be like if you were someone, just a person, existing in the world watching this unfold. Um, I think the fic was really well balanced in how you would have things that are more quote-unquote unbiased or factual in just like a straight-up transcript versus seeing people's personal reactions. That really helped, like, yeah, I don't know, like, give the story a sort of different feeling than, I think, a lot of other multimedia fics, and... Exactly like you said, also then like a getting together story. Like it did not feel like that at all, even as it sort of was one.
0: Yeah, I think a well executed multimedia fake requires impeccable balance, because I think one advantage that it can have over traditional prose is that you get multiple perspectives, but it can be really hard to put those together in a way that doesn't feel whiplashy and that gives you a cohesive narrative uh, and something that you can follow as opposed to just like a bunch of random stuff that all is about the same thing. And I think especially with this fic, um, we talked about this a little bit in the pre-discussion, but Brenna, you had brought up that, um... The Twitter accounts that we see throughout this, I think there's like four distinct Twitter accounts that we really see, tweeting stuff, and they they are the same throughout the entire fic. So we see their perspectives at different points in the trial. Uh, One of them is uh, what you would call a Bucky auntie. Uh, (laughs) What I would call maybe a Bucky anti, what the world at large would call someone who hates the Winter Soldier and thinks that he should be put away for big crimes. Uh, (laughs) The others are either in the middle or more sympathetic toward uh, Bucky's plight, so... That, the fact that we're seeing um, the perspective, like, from Peggy, that we're seeing the, even the court stenographer taking down notes about, like, Steve Rogers looks very distressed at this point. Like, all of that does lend itself to a more sympathetic narrative. And I think, too, when you're bouncing in between sources so quickly, you have to know where to linger. And that's where we got some of the nice, like, longer articles or the longer, like, testimonies um, or even just, like, the defense's main point. That was quite a bit of text that we were reading in transcript form, and I appreciated that it helped you stay grounded, even as you were still—you you weren't staying so much in the same place that it felt like it was a deeply biased narrative, even though it was definitely guiding you toward um, uh, at least some sympathy toward Bucky, because if you weren't feeling that, the end of this fic would have sucked. <laughs> You'd have been like, dude, what the heck? You and that one angry Twitter user, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this
1: was
2: a farce. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that was interesting, and I think you've both sort of touched on this, is um, the difference in what we're seeing compared to other multimedia fics. And I was thinking specifically about both formatting and content. I think a lot of multimedia fic uh, right now, like 2020, is... Um, uses sort of more complex formatting uses like faked screenshots um especially on like twitter fic threads a lot of people over there do really impressive work at sort of making um fake social media for the characters and i think people are posting that more on ao3 too the formatting of this fic is very simple um you have just enough to be able to sort of tell what kind of media you're looking at um but there aren't like text bubbles for the text between characters there isn't like an actual screenshot of like the new york times headline or something you're all getting it in the same text and the formatting is giving you sort of just enough clues to be able to understand what you're looking at and sometimes i think it's even purposely giving you very little the text messages between characters you only know one person who's involved in them by name. So it'll be like from Nat to Nat, from Nat to Nat, but it will never say like, oh, Nat's texting Sam or like something like that. It won't actually say like Natasha, Sam, Natasha, Sam. And I think things like that were really interesting in like the work it makes you as a reader do to put everything together to sort of use these different perspectives to understand the story. Um, and I think also like, like we've kind of said, there isn't a whole lot of, like, social media or fandom presence within this. It's not like we're getting a lot of, like, the the probably existing, like, RPF fandom of, like, Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think a lot of times when we read multimedia fic these days or anytime i think a lot of it tends towards being kind of fandom based because that's what we as writers are in and it can be really fun to look at characters through that lens to make characters sort of like walk our fandom lives a little bit if that makes sense and this one is very removed from that it's very like news cycle um and i think it was just interesting for me too to be like reading this at a time where, like, my Twitter timeline in terms of news is constant and overwhelming, (laughs) Um, I think would be, like, the nice way to put it. Um, And I was just thinking a lot about, like, how challenging it can be to find truth in in news narratives these days, to understand what you're really looking at, uh, to see this, like, variety of takes instantly on everything that's happening, to sort of try and sort through the implicit bias from different, uh, news sources from Twitter users from every kind of way that we ingest uh, content these days. Um, so I was thinking about that a lot with this with this fic and sort of how how the authors crafted our perspective as a reader, like how we understand who we are in this situation and what we're looking at. Um, I just thought it was really interesting and, and, and kind of to both of your points, one of the things that made it stand out for me compared to other multimedia fics I've read.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned very briefly Twitter threads mm. um, and the way people will construct fic over there. Um, we did get a discussion question uh, on the form, which essentially was asking us about other fics and fan works that we have enjoyed um, from SoF. So in this fandom or other fandoms, SoF specifically mentioned Sincerely Your Pal by Lettered and Steve Rodder. Steve, Steve Rogers. Rodder. Uh, <laughs> Steve Rogers at 100, celebrating Captain America on film, uh which l- look to me to both be also Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> Fix. I'm not personally familiar. I'm just making an educated guess here. <laughs> Um, but we are big lovers of multimedia and epistolary fix, which are both mentioned in the question. Um, some we brought to the pod already. Uh, so we have discussed a bunch of multimedia and epistolary fics on this pod. Um, in order from most to least recent, here's a few of them. So episode 18, we did Out of the Night, an interview with a mockingjay by a thousand wins for The Hunger Games. In episode 15, we had a whole episode that was unintentionally kind of themed around multimedia and unconventional fanworks. So we had So You Think You Can Dance, Veil, vale, which was an audio fic by Opal Song and Seer for the fandom Ruby, The Absolutely True Story of the Yeeling Patriarch, a Manifesto in Many Parts by Aubrey Lee for The Untamed, and A Hat Fashion from Tinfoil by Disco Wing for DC Comics. Episode 14, we did an epistolary fic, so all in letters called Persistence by Northland for Persuasion. And in episode 11, we did I Don't Want to Think Anymore, which is an audio fic uh, by Anapods and
1: Calabang for Hockey RPF. So you might say that we're fans of media fic we over like here at this them. pod.
0: We, we think they're good. <laughs> you could say, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so those are some of the ones that we have already discussed on the pod. But Bren, you mentioning Twitter threads really made me think about fics that I have read outside of fic click reading. Um, Some on AO3, sure, but I think a lot on Twitter as well. Uh, One that came to mind for me specifically related to this fic was um, a little while ago, someone did a BuzzFeed Unsolved fic thread, essentially. So it was like, transcripts and images and stuff of the BuzzFeed Unsolved guys investigating the mysterious disappearance of Bucky Barnes, which was so good. Um, Shane, who is one of the BuzzFeed Unsolved guys, actually uh, quote RT'd it and said that it was completely accurate. So congratulations to that fan for (laughs) writing (laughs) fact. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Fan fact. We're very proud. Fact. just (laughs) say faction but that's just another (laughs) action no horrible (laughs) but that was one that really stood out to me and i think um for me and for all of us i think getting into k-pop fandom a bit recently oh there's a lot of twitter fic um so it's really fun to see how people do some are like interactive some are just screenshots of things some are like text prosy but between tweets it's really cool to see how the form can manipulate the content just as the content can manipulate the form
2: yeah, one that I've been reading recently that I wanted to give a quick shout out to because I, I think it's just so creative is Star Trek PBS by Hello Taylor. Um, I think a lot of you out there are probably also reading this. I know our Discord has talked about it multiple times. Um, it's basically an AU where Star Trek is a PBS reality show. <laughs> it's utterly delightful. Um, it, it definitely reminds me of other multimedia fics I've read, but I think it does an interesting job of, um, Both using sort of fake screenshots, like I'm looking at the first chapter right now, and it's it kicks off with like a fake screen cap of a variety article about this, Um, and I think it does a great job of combining that with just sort of standard text. All on Ao3, Um, it's such a delight to read through because I think you're getting sort of so many different perspectives, and each chapter brings in like a new type of media that I wouldn't have even thought of existing in this fic. Um, It's been delightful. I think if you're a fan of multimedia fic. This is definitely one of my favorites I've come across recently. I think it's been interesting to see how Multimedia Fic has developed and grown as fandom moves different spaces, as technology, like, betters, as people become more capable of, like, faking things. <laughs> Which maybe sounds bad, but for a fandom experience, I think can be really delightful.
1: Something that I thought was really interesting is that we got um, two questions from people uh, submitting on our form that were both very similar, um, which essentially said, do we think that this story would have been as effective and as popular as it is if it was written in narrative prose, like, from Steve's POV or something like that, as opposed to being a media fic? Um, no? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think this fic is phenomenally well done. Um, it's clear that the authors are really talented, and I easily could see this still being a super highly kudos to bookmarked, etc. fic. But I don't feel like it would have gotten the exact same level of fame if it was just, like, a narrative prose fic. Mm -hmm. I think part of what makes it iconic and part of what has made it, like, a contender and now the fic we're talking about as a fandom classic is because it stands out so much for its formatting. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I I thought that was fun that two two different people asked that. I just thought we could get into that a little bit.
0: It's a good question, because I think for me, in some ways, I almost want to say yes, but I also think that if this fic were in prose, I don't know that we would have been talking about it, to be honest. So then, like, does that mean it would be the same level of iconic if the fic click did not bring it (laughs) onto the show? Uh Uh-huh. No, I mean, I think a lot of what Brenna said in the introduction of the fic really resonated with me about of fixed popularity a lot of it is down to timing it's capturing that specific moment in fandom where someone finishes watching or consuming something and thinks ah i want this or i don't know that i want this and so when they go to search for something to find the thing that they find is so much better than they could have expected or exactly the thing they wanted one of those two things i think is really what turns a fic from a really good, solid fic that people like to sort of a cult classic in some ways. Um, Because I do think the, the moment of them being in the courtroom and Bucky having to process his emotions, I think the moment of them realizing that they have feelings for each other spoilers for the fic um they like separately on the stand are like i love him (laughs) and it's like this whole thing they get into like a slight competition about who loved the other one first just like since 1936 so then people tweeting are like 1936 oh my god (laughs) so like i think moments like that the echoes of them that we see in the multimedia we wouldn't have gotten but i think we could have dove even deeper into the specific emotions that the characters were feeling. I don't know that I think it would be a better fic. I would argue that it would not be as interesting and engaging of a fic to me, but I don't think that fandom would have necessarily liked it much less if we had gotten, like, this really beautiful, poignant, well-described prose of the climax of the fic toward the end. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess to my point, like, I was not trying to say this would not have been a good fic. I just think, like, Like you said, I think it would have been the difference between like, wow, this is a fic that I really, really love for this pairing and that a ton of other people love for this pairing versus this is a fic that I want to scream about to literally everyone Mm -hmm. and I think transcends these fandom boundaries. For me, I mean, yeah, we're welcome to disagree. I think for me personally, I think the fact that it's multimedia does give it that extra push of like, this is something that has an impact beyond just like Steve Bucky and also beyond just like Marvel.
0: Yeah, I need these authors to write the prose version so I can compare and then I can make my decision. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I'm
2: I think I'm think on Reed's side with this one. I think, like, had this been prose, either Steve POV or Bucky POV, or maybe like a chapter from each, I mean, I definitely would have still read The Thick. <laughs> I think the concept is something that I still would have really enjoyed. I enjoyed these authors writing. Um, I can definitely still see it being a very popular work still up in like the first page of AO3 if you sort by kudos or bookmarks or something like that but I also agree that I don't think it would have had quite the same impact I think it found its sort of niche in being multimedia too and I think that kind of helped it transcend more boundaries um I think had it been prose I would suspect that it'd be very popular with Steve Bucky fans, but maybe not as well known outside of that pairing or that fandom, uh, where I think because of its format, it's sort of allowed for it to uh, remain in conversations it wouldn't have been a part of if it was just prose. And I think, like, I read a lot of Steve Bucky fic, (laughs) and this i love not being in their heads for once like a lot of shit happens in their heads to be honest (laughs) like rightfully so and it's kind of fun to be removed from that like it was fun to only have what they say out loud um and in some ways to be following along from the outsider's perspective of not knowing that they were in love like you're not in steve's heads you're not getting the pov where you understand his feelings from bucky from the beginning you kind of know as a reader because it's tagged Steve Bucky, but like, <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of a conversation for a different time of like, <laughs> tags and our understanding of relationships. Um, but I, I, I don't know that, that, That moment where Steve, like, confesses on the stand Mm -hmm. still hits. Like, this is probably my, like, fourth time reading this fic, and I was like, damn. Like, that's still good. (laughs) And it cuts between chapters, too. Like, you end with Steve's confession, and the next chapter, like, begins with Bucky on the stand. And, like, that's so good. I don't know. I think even in prose, those moments probably would have still been really good. But there's something that just hits different. (laughs) Not to sound like a cliche, but... Um, I just love this so much as a multimedia fic, it's hard for me to even sort of conceptualize what it would be like as prose, I think.
0: Yeah, what you were saying had me thinking a lot about this almost informal tagging system of fic wrecks that we have in fandom, if that makes sense. Like, if, if I were to tell someone, hey, read United States v. Barnes, the Stucky multimedia fic about Bucky's trial, that is its own very specific, like set of tags that I have mm-hmm. given to it. And the fact that, like, it is the Stucky multimedia fic about Bucky's Trial. Like, would it be the prose fic about Bucky's Trial? I don't know. Are there other ones? Maybe. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't I could tell you. <laughs> but I think, yeah, no, that that definitely goes a long way in terms of broad appeal. I think the easier it is to recommend something, frankly, the more frequently it's recommended. And that's a big reason why people so easily like can create these like rec lists about specific tropes or can can ask like if I'm on Twitter and I'm like oh I'm really in the mood to read fake dating today I I just ask that and people know exactly what I mean and exactly what kind of thing that I'm looking for
1: I also think there's something in how you specifically said like this is a fic about Bucky's trial Mm -hmm. and if this was a fic written in prose like from one of their POVs Like, ostensibly, yes, the plot is still Bucky's trial, but I think that completely shifts Mm. the focus. Um, Like how Bren said a little while back at the beginning of this that, yes, it's a getting together story, and yes, it's like a romantic story about Steve and Bucky, but it's about so much more. Mm -hmm. The fact that we are removed from their heads makes the emphasis on the trial so much stronger. Versus if you're in Steve's head, you're getting a lot of, like, probably his worry about the jury reactions, and you get all of his angry outbursts, and you get all the emotion tied in with that, but it makes it more yeah I mean about the emotion of it about his feelings or if it was Bucky's like the same thing versus when you're reading it as a multimedia fic it's like the trial is the story first and everything else Mm -hmm. you're getting is second and you're getting a lot like there's a lot that you read between the lines there's a lot you can infer and I think that is largely chalked up to as we've said the authors being very talented um and knowing how to balance what types of media we're getting when but yeah I don't know I think it would change, like you said, that set of rec tags around, um, around this fic.
0: Hey ficlets, before we continue our conversation, we are so excited that this is our first ever sponsored episode, so thank you all for your support, we love you, and this episode is sponsored by Nielsen and Mordock Law.
1: Have you recently experienced emotional distress due to out-of-season thunderstorms? Did your high-rise office building's windows get
0: blown out again due to superhuman activity? Are you an up-and-coming actor who lost a job because news footage caught you making a ridiculous face while screaming
1: and running away from an alien evil? Will your car insurance not cover your vehicle being smashed by aliens who just came through a giant wormhole? Well, good news! Nielsen and Mordock are here to
2: help. There's not a case they can't win! Call and use the word FICCLIC,
0: F-I-C-C-L-I-Q-U-E, for a free consultation. When superheroes attack, they've got your back. Nielsen and Mordock Law. So, one thing that really struck me about this fic was the way in which... The people who are writing these articles or who are writing texts about um, Captain America or the Winter Soldier, the way that they engage with Steve and Bucky as public figures really fascinates me. There's an article toward the end of the fic that interviews a historian who, while Cap was on ice, uh, you know, presumed <laughs> dead, um, who wrote a book about Captain America as like a, a queer figure in history. And basically made the pitch like that man is not straight, <laughs> um, or was not straight at the time of writing. And during the interview, because it takes place after Bucky and Steve have made their grand proclamations to each other, she's essentially asked like, "Ooh, are you proud that you nailed it?" Um, and she speaks a little bit to this sort of dissonance between writing something as a historian about someone who. Their whole life has been lived versus someone who came back to life (laughs) and now is living more life and you're learning more about them. And it made me think so much about the current culture around celebrity and these like cults of personality and profiles that are written on people and books that are written about people while they're still alive and how the flux and the change of information that we receive about them impacts the way that we feel about people uh, parasocial relationships and how we will like imprint on celebrities. This also can like dovetail into a whole discussion about RPF. I'm not going to go into it right now, but I just think it's so fascinating the way that this fic chose to engage with the idea of creating texts and information that become outdated almost immediately because you don't have all of the information, but that also do a lot of speculation with what public information there is about a human being who, like, lives and exists.
1: Nick, sort of going off of that, um, something that is so central to this fic and that I thought was really interesting is the perception of Bucky as, like, James Buchanan Barnes the person and the Winter Soldier. Um, because the defense is basically whole argument ...rests on the fact that they are different people. Um, that the Winter Soldier was someone who was programmed to be a weapon for HYDRA. And that Bucky Barnes is someone who was caught up in that but had no control over what was happening to him. Um, and specifically one of the things that I thought was so interesting is how this was reflected in the, um, tweets of this fic. So, the trial gets dubbed the Winter Soldier Trial... Um, even though the technical name of the case is United States v. Barnes. Um, and so a lot of the times when there are tweets included about this, they are hashtagged with WS trial. But as the fic goes on, and specifically as the defense starts to build their case, you see people specifically pointing out, or specifically, like, making an effort to name Bucky as he is. So at the very end of chapter one, there is an article that is an interview with Peggy Carter, and she talks about how the defense is trying to make the point between the difference between Bucky Barnes and the Winter Soldier. And after this article comes out, there is a short Twitter interaction between a few people, and someone has a tweet that ends with hashtag WS trial, and then um, two tweets down it changes to hashtag JBB is not TWS, so James Buchanan Barnes is not the Winter Soldier, and then the next person replies. With the same hashtag and then hashtag JBB trial instead of WS trial. So, first of all, I just loved the way that that narrative was reflected sort of in people's opinions and like how their thoughts changed over the course of the trial. But also, I don't know, to your point about how we view figures, like the Winter Soldier is, I was gonna say, almost a myth. I mean, he sort of was for a lot of. The time that he was alive, I don't know how to phrase that, mm-hmm. like, the time that he was active as the Winter Soldier, like, he literally was thought of as, like, a ghost. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, like, doesn't Natasha say something in her testimony about, like, ooh, like, the Winter Soldier is gonna get you, like, mm-hmm. if you're not good or whatever? I and mean, I think Peggy sort of makes
2: the point that, like, the Winter Soldier was this, like, ghost in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s files for mm-hmm. ages and ages that they
1: couldn't, like, pin down. There's a line, too, in the Winter Soldier, which, like, the movie itself, mm. um, which... I have not watched in a little while, so I can't remember specifically, but there is the same, um, iteration of, like, he's a ghost, like, people don't really believe he exists, or mm-hmm. at least, like, the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. Thanks, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, friend. Yeah.
2: I don't think that's right, but. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's something about the intelligence community, I think.
1: <laughs> that sounds right, or, like, close to right. It's like, it's oh, yeah. like half, the, the, inte- that. It, like, it's half like... the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists, the other half, like, think yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's
2: most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. Uh,
0: thank
1: you, thank you, thank you. The ones that um, do
0: want to rail him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yes! <laughs> but yes, you have this narrative of, like, the Winter Soldier as a mythic figure, even when they're looking at him as just a human, like, sitting on, on trial. I don't know, that was something... That I found really interesting and also I think is pretty central to, I would argue, most, like, Bucky fix. um, even if the fix are more focused on sort of, like, his deprogramming or whatever. I mean, that, that is, I think, at the heart of every Bucky story post The Winter Soldier is, like, how do you separate the Bucky that was before or even the Bucky that is after from The Winter Soldier?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think to that point, like, this fic makes it very clear from the very beginning that everything here is about perspective. Um, and, like, what perspective do you believe? Uh, and I think, like, it's sort of smart because the first thing that you get in this fic is two tweets that are just uh, news headlines that are basically, like, Winter Soldier set to stay on trial for Washington, D.C. massacre and treason. And then it, the first sort of, like, actual media chunk you get is from a fake Newsweek article that's basically um, a... Uh, interview with a harvard law professor basically saying is it possible that the winter soldier could be found not guilty and the point of this little thing that's not the right word this point of this little uh sort of clip of this interview is basically it it all depends on the perspective and what the juries decide to believe um it ends by saying all of these factors are going to paint a picture in the jury's mind that will determine whether they find him personally culpable um and i think like that's sort of the point of this whole fic is whose side do you believe and i think it's really smart that it tells it so much through news stories too because i was thinking a lot like i mentioned earlier just about existing in this present moment and the different Angles that we get through news and how to sort of find the truth amongst the fiction sometimes. Um, And I think it's interesting, too, because this fic, I feel like, did unique work for me of putting me as a reader in a certain perspective. Like, this is a curated selection of, of news and media for me. The reader to understand the situation. I'm not seeing everything for me, (laughs) Brenna. (laughs) Thank you, Falling Voices and Radial Arts, for writing this book for me. I know Um, that it's not like
1: uh, gifted to you on Ao3, mm, but mm -hmm. it is actually created for you. They've told
2: me personally. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
2: (laughs) I'm sorry, Fickles. I don't know them. (laughs) Um, No, but I, I think like. We're very aware when reading this that we're not seeing every news article. We're seeing a lot of headlines that we don't have any text from. And we're well aware that there are many more headlines from many more outlets that we're not seeing at all. Um, And so I think it puts you in this interesting perspective of... What else is out there? What else is being said? And sort of you, I think you automatically extrapolate that in your head a little bit. At least I was. Um, For some of the headlines, you never really get the super anti-Bucky sentiment in this fic. You get a little bit from this sort of one Twitter user, but I was like, Fox News has got to be going off on Mm -hmm. this guy. (laughs) Like, I think there's a lot that you miss. um, And... It's sort of interesting to say, okay, here's this selection that we're giving you. Trust this narrative. Like, that's sort of what the authors are saying to us. But then the media that we're giving given is things that we can't always trust as just citizens of the world. And I don't want to sound like some, like, conspiracy theorist or something. <laughs> um, like i i trust that there is accurate news that is being given to me i think also just right now we're watching a lot of situations in the world unfold where things are not clear and where things get contradicted and changed like daily um and where the sort of implicit bias of various new news organizations and people becomes incredibly apparent um so i think i was just thinking about that a lot as we were being given this like What is the perspective from the characters in the story, but what is our perspective too? And our perspective as fans who, I assume if you're reading this, like Steve and Bucky, either as individuals or a ship, um, think they're interesting characters. Uh, You're on their side already. So what does that do to your perception of an event like like this trial as well?
0: Yeah, and I think in some ways for that reason, it is kind of an easy pitch to the reader that Bucky and the Winter Soldier are different, and Mm -hmm. that Bucky should be exonerated, essentially. Because, like, there's no point in this fic at which anyone is saying, the Winter Soldier is innocent, the Winter Soldier never killed anyone. Like, oh, he super did. There's tons of evidence. Like, Bucky turned himself in in order to be part of this trial. There was never anyone trying to say, like, he never did anything wrong in his whole life, and he is a perfect marshmallow boy. Like, uh-uh, that's a murder.
1: <laughs> that was horrible to listen yeah, to. Yeah, thank you.
0: It was horrible
2: to
1: sing as well. <laughs>
0: oh, Bucky, my perfect marshmallow boy. <laughs> oh, he's a cinnamon roll. <laughs> like, looks he's a like cinnamon a cinnamon, but
1: actually, yeah,
2: the S and the C, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a cinnamon roll with a gun for an arm.
0: No one's trying to say that the Winter Soldier is innocent because the winter soldier is not and we we see that with the prosecution bringing up witness after witness to the winter soldier actively murdering people (laughs) um murdering family murdering friends um and it's really interesting to me that the defense pushes so hard toward the perspective that i think a lot of fandom honestly had after the film which was that bucky was a person who underwent something incredibly horrible who was made to do horrible things, who doesn't even remember most of it, and who now is trying to live a, a conscious life with agency as a good man. So where does that leave him in terms of the things that he was made to do as essentially a weapon? That's the defense's argument, that he was turned into a weapon, and a weapon does not think. A weapon is just used to destroy and kill. So I thought that was really interesting, but I also thought that it really worked in the author's favor that the argument the defense was trying to make for Bucky is the same argument that Bucky fans were making for Bucky just in fandom. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the other reasons this fic works so
2: well and probably one of the things that contributed to its popularity is it litigates a lot of questions that we're left with at the end of winter soldier. Um, I think a lot of Steve Bucky fixed do the work of figuring out their relationship post winter soldier and figuring out who Bucky is post winter soldier. But we're left with a lot of questions after that movie that the MCU doesn't answer because the MCU made a whole movie about Bucky and then threw him in a garbage can. <laughs> <But> whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, we, we aren't, we don't really get a lot of follow up on what happened after the end of that movie. We just sort of move directly into like the next big catastrophe um, in the MCU. So I think this fic in particular does a lot of work of uh, figuring out and sort of working through the other issues that we're left with. And I think it's so interesting in that regard too, like to the point of, who is actually at fault for these murders. Like no one's saying that these murders didn't happen. They all happened, but who is actually at fault for them? Because there are people within the Winter Soldier narrative and, and other people who come up sort of within the narrative of this fic who are probably the ones who actually should be held responsible for, um, the murders that Bucky committed. Um, but they are, Not present for whatever reason there's people like um armin zola who died but he was the one who made bucky into the winter soldier who began the uh like brainwashing torture reprogramming of him um and then there's other people who probably took over within hydra after zola was dead like we we know that clearly from the way the trial is formatted um that there is this period sort of between those, those events Zola dying and Bucky sort of being picked back up as an assassin, but those people are not the ones on trial here. It's only Bucky. Um, so I think it's interesting too, to sort of work through those issues of, of who is responsible. Um, and like, if Bucky isn't responsible, then, then who is sort of, uh, cause I think these are a lot of things that like, don't really get answered within Canon, but I think you definitely get left with as a fan. And um, in in the comments that we received from some listeners, uh, Soph mentioned sort of the concept of like, what does justice look like for Bucky? And I think that's a really interesting question that this fic really gets at because I think a lot of Steve Bucky post-Winter Soldier fic does the work of like, what does like, recuperation look like for Bucky? Like, what does it mean for him to get back to a semblance of like humanity even if it's not the Bucky from before like what does recovery look like for him but it rarely asks like what does justice look like um and I think that that this fic does uh, does some of that work like honestly I'd like to see it go even further like okay so Bucky is cleared um who 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 gets like tried next basically (laughs) like we have to assume that this is part of a larger set of trials for people within Hydra like so I think like at the end of winter soldier, we see Natasha basically like she dumps all of like the files that they pulled on Hydra, um, and like testifies to Congress, I think, uh, or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, but we have to assume that this is part of a larger set of like the U S reckoning with shield having been Hydra this whole time. And who, who is to be held accountable for that. And I think like a lot of fans, uh, the easy answer to who is going to be Hydra's scapegoat is Bucky. But if he's not found guilty, then, like, who who is held responsible and um, who, like, does the time for the crimes that were committed uh, and who is held responsible for what
1: was done to Bucky as, like, a prisoner of war as well. A, like, much smaller note, but something that I really enjoyed is that um, at the beginning of the fic, the authors preface by saying that they – are not educated in law, they're not lawyers, um, so they're like, this is probably not accurate, but, throughout the whole fic, like, it did not feel like it was gimmicky, Mm -hmm. like, it felt like they did their best to, like, make this seem like a realistic trial, um, but at the end, you do have this, like, very sort of movie, picture-perfect moment where the jury comes out, um, and they're reading out the charges, and, like, on the charge of high treason, he's not guilty, and there's commotion, and then, um, On the charges of 63 counts of murder, we find the defendant, pause, not guilty, uproar. Um, And it's this, like, wonderful moment that I could so clearly picture, and like I said, it feels very, you know, like, picture perfect, sort of like Mm -hmm. how you'd imagine it in a TV show or a movie, Um, but it was just, like, so full of, like, drama, Um, and the note that I made while reading it was, I wish I knew anything about Ace Attorney so I could make a joke here, (laughs) because it feels like it would really fit, but... Um, All I have is sort of the drama of the courtroom. Um, But I just thought, like, it's not the very, very last thing. There's a little bit of um, the sort of general reaction to Bucky being acquitted. But it is, like, nearly the last thing we get. And that felt like a very perfect ending for this fic.
0: Thank you for listening to our Fandom Classics episode, the first in our series. Just a reminder, these are going to be happening pretty intermittently, so when we do the next one, we'll let you know. Uh, we'll probably have some polls running either for what fic we do next or um, some submission forums like we did this last time if you have comments, concerns, questions that you want to share or have us discuss on that next episode.
2: If you enjoy listening to our podcast and want to find more of us, you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at FitClick. We also have a Discord server that's pretty great. You can find the link to join that on our Twitter as well. You can also email us if you have comments, questions, just want to say hi. You can reach us at FitClickPod at gmail.com. We also have some merch up on Redbubble. You can also find the link for that on our Twitter. And if you are feeling so inclined, you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, those really mean a lot to us, and they definitely help us find new listeners as well.
1: Also, word of mouth. Um, you know, if you're enjoying the pod, maybe tell a friend who you think would also enjoy uh, listening. Tell two friends. Yeah. Tell There's your no dog. limit to how many friends you can tell, your tell your about FitClick. <laughs> So for our next episode, which comes out October 2nd, uh, we are back to our standard three-fic format. Brenna, what are you bringing for next episode?
2: The fic I'm bringing for next episode is called Freaky Friday by Hardly the Wiser. It is a basketball RPF fic that is also body swap,
0: so that should be fun. Nick, what's yours? So, my fic for next episode is called Eldritch Detective The Case of the Startled Salon by. Let me take a breath here. Ergiad SLV, Compass Rose, L underscore dubs, Eljabelle, Epaulettes, Kess, Kit Kat 50311, Mahon's Ondine, Minipods, and CC Rambles. So, just a couple uh, just of authors, a few people getting together. Um, okay, so this is not a traditional work of fan fiction. It is a multimedia fan work, and it is also a playable game. um So it is based off of a book, technically. Um, you really don't need to read it. I say that as someone who sort of just went into this like, woo. But one thing I really, really wanted to mention is that if playing a mystery game where you're a detective and you put together clues and you listen to different audio pieces and you kind of bounce around and learn things is interesting to you at all, please play this game before you listen to our episode. We are going to spoil the hell out of it. So I would really, really encourage you to try and play it first and then join us or, you know, I mean, I can't make you do anything, but I just wanted to let you know that it is going to be a very different experience if you play it before you listen versus after you listen, and I will remind you again when the episode comes out. Yeah. Reed, what are you bringing?
1: So following that, um, (laughs) I'm bringing just a regular fic, but I'm bringing a fic for a new fandom that I'm super excited about that has been consuming my life for <laughs> the past couple weeks uh i'm bringing a haikyuu fic Woo. um yeah i'm so super excited about it the fic is called shiver by Yu underscore chi and it is waizumi oikawa so get ready to talk about volleyball anime let's go <laughs> thank you so much for
0: listening
2: and we hope to see you again here next time bye, bye.